Castle Cattle Company. Uh, right now, DNVR listeners can buy three, get one free on the flank steaks. Uh, delicious, flavorful, super lean. They're only $9.99 a piece as well. So uh, buy three, get one free with the code DNVR flank. Of course, Hassle Cattle Company has the best damn Wagyu beef around. We've got it at the DNVR bar. Uh, Shelby Harris, Broncos defensive lineman, a big fan. Big, big fan, fan of the Wagyu beef. <laughs> big fan. DMVR bar. He's a big fan of the DMVR bar as a whole. Yeah, yeah he is. He just, he's a big fan of a lot of things. Just, just, uh, <laughs> I think he's a big, every, like, whatever. Yeah. He is big. That. He's just a big guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're in the area, stop into the DMVR bar. Uh, our burger has Wagyu beef on it. If you're not in Denver, order some from Hassle Cattle Company. Uh, buy three, get one free on their flank steaks with the code DNVRFLANK at HassleCattleCompany.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome into the DNBR Nuggets podcast off-season edition, episode number one. Mm, uh, <laughs> I like that that got an oh boy out of Eric. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. yeah. When you said off-season edition, when you said off-season edition, it was like the first time anybody said that. Yeah, it just, it just really hit. We're 48 hours into the off-season. I got to say... Kind of, I'm kind of over the uh, pain of the the sweeping. I'm kind of over it. Like if I'm already already onto the next thing, it could be that tonight, fellas, you were looking at the scorer of a game winner in the Broomfield Le- Rec League. Really heroic, Ooh. heroic game winner that went. Do we? You say it could be. Do we? Uh, do we know for sure? Do, do we need someone? To... Source. Many people are saying. Sources are <laughs> sources are saying. Uh, <laughs> Well, no so, wonder you feel so, good. Yeah. So walk <laughs> us through it. I, I want the play-by-play. I, I want I want the rundown of, well, of, of the game win. I mean, did you have did you have plays called for you at the end, or was your coach bumbling? Like, how did it work? <laughs> I like the idea of a coach in a men's league. <laughs> 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 I need to get a coach. That's what we're missing. A coach. Dang it. Uh, no, it felt good, guys. It felt good. Um, you know, getting back. Actually, it didn't feel good. It hurt really bad. Everything about it hurt. And in the moment it was over, it hurt. Where was it from on the floor? floor? Where was it from? Right wing, baby. Right oh, wing. Your sweet spot. Uh, sweet spot. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Uh, we're pres- I forgot to say, we're presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I-, I like RK on our DNVR Bets pod this week. Him and Andre were like, all right, so – Avs are over. Nuggets are over. Broncos haven't start yet. Rockies. Like, what are you going to do to fill the time? Bet on sports. And it's true. That's the key. You just bet on sports. And I was like, hey, turns out tonight I'm a Nets fan or I'm a Jeff oh Green God. fan. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm not there. I am not there. I got to say, like, I, uh, <laughs> Need a I think maybe, time. maybe like one thing I haven't considered doing is, is achieving some sort of personal um, glory. Yeah, I, that, I didn't think about that at all. <laughs> hey, look, the Broomfield Men's League—it's no joke, man. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even consider competition. that. Dude, I didn't even attempt any uh, glory. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't well, even Elon, put myself Elon, in a situation. If, if you take the advice of the Bets podcast and just bet on something, like late last night, it was one o'clock a.m. I just made a little deposit in the DraftKings account, <laughs> pulled up some Russian ping pong. You can watch it right on the DraftKings app. Oh, uh, just 
doubled my money. Like you can find <laughs> some glory that way. You I got to say, like, when I first started using DraftKings and I felt the rush that you're describing of just uh, having a number and then seeing that number change in the positive, I was like, oh, baby. Oh, and then, baby. and I did find myself in the back of like a, um, of an Uber where I was, I had been drinking adult beverages. I'm, are we, are we free to say that freely on this podcast or not? <laughs> Do you think the off season we've like become Puritans? <laughs> I had been drinking adult beverages and I found myself just betting on Russian ping pong with no, inf- <laughs> no information of any kind. I was like, <laughs> you don't need cheering on Yuri to take on, uh, to, to, to overcome uh, Malakoff and, um that's when i realized that i was starting to have a problem so then i only started betting on things that i knew about (laughs) that's funny i do like that these there's it's ping pong russian ping pong never ends it's a 24 7 there's always a match that starts like within five minutes it's pretty pretty (laughs) well they don't rest over in russia it's just (laughs) ping pong all day just you lose get back right in another match god bless him um so russia a land of mystique uh another land of mystique is serbia and you know, I feel like the world got introduced. I got, I'll be honest, you guys. I, the game I got over pretty quickly. I, game three was the painful one. Game four was just like the final blow. You are already wobbly. You didn't know where this ended. Game four is the final blow. Sad about that for a little bit. But what really took me two days to get over was the ass whooping from the goofy fan in the, the stands. I don't know why that really, really hurt my it? feelings so I'm much. I'm not over it. I know I'm not over that one either. Actually, I'm still a little bummed by it. I gotta tell you, like I, I'm, I'm glad that you're in a, a like an elevated place. I'm still like kind of in the. I'm still kind of sunk down low, bro. Like well, I, you, got, you gotta get, you gotta move on, man. This is pain. There's right, just no linger unless you you release it. I have most certainly moved on, as you know. I feel like I was the most advanced during right That's after true. game four. Like wow. I wasn't feeling any pain at all. It wasn't until later on that. Like the Nuggets open them up to slander, like real legitimate slander that we can't combat. Like you have to they- resign yourself to the fact that that is just always going to be true. This is the thing, you know. If you people that have been following me long enough know that back in 2015, 16, I was like um, the knight of Jokic's honor, you know, just like online every day going into battle to defend his honor, and he just kept getting better and better, and his haters just kept multiplying, and you're like, wait, hold on. What is going on here? And then you just realize, you know what? They're never going, like, you'll never, he'll win seven straight championships and then fall short the eighth year and they'll be like, see, choker, can't get it done. No, you're not, like, what? You're not wrong. I just, you know, like to be swept in that way, to have the guy with the Christmas haircut get beat up on our happy half. I'm telling you, that's the part that hurts. Uh, The the dynamics of the fight, like, didn't help because now (laughs) the Suns fan is like best friends with Devin Booker. I'm telling you. Those two Nuggets fans, like, those guys can't walk freely in Denver. They just can't. Like, they just can't be allowed in Denver. There's just too many, like, ancillary elements. If it was just the game itself, I just, there's just too much. So I just went back to where I felt most comfortable, and that was just to immediately start slandering Anthony Davis. And I did it. I feel feel great now. I got to (laughs) say. Well, we're going to talk about Giannis tonight, who maybe is going to steal the spotlight from uh, the Denver Nuggets. It's always like whoever's the the next scapegoat for anything then be that's like they become the story of the day and i think the nuggets are already past the news cycle like people have already moved on yes four yes. guy his 15 minutes are up and like okay now we can move on um but the reason i brought all of this up is because a video came today that kind of like bounced me back up gave me a little bit of uh you know a little excitement and that was the video of Jokic's brother strahinia and nemanja and I, I'm telling you, we, we've obviously not, I don't want to say gotten to know these guys too intimately, but you know, they're, they're figures that are around ball arena. They're figures that are around the Nuggets 
organization. I knew when the technical happened and, you know, Booker got into Jokic's face that somewhere video would surface of the two brothers um, trying to get on the court. And today was the day we got that. And it lived up to all of the hype. It was a 10 out of 10 video. This happens every time Jokic gets in a scuffle. This is, if you pay attention to the, the Denver Nuggets and you are a person that knows about the Jokic brothers, like you've seen this very same scene play out more than one time where the, <laughs> the, the, the brothers spring to their young, their little brother, their little MVP of the NBA's uh, little brother's uh, honor. They, 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 yeah. they spring and um, it's always very scary. <laughs> <laughs> and you know there's a lot of like eastern promises vibes um <laughs> and you know it just makes you appreciate nicola even more like to know yes. that in his heart he has you know that type of uh, reaction and like that's like who he comes from but he's still a top human being not that these guys aren't top human beings also i just mean like nicola is somehow that but also even more pure. I don't know how he does it. He did the me. thing with Booker where his eyes locked onto Booker's eyes like a like a drone locking on a target to where no matter where yeah. Book moved, Jokic's eyes were like Dude, just like, like locked on him. It was like that that um like that pre where the you were supposed to touch gloves at the beginning of a boxing match with yeah. Mike Tyson. I think like one of the guys he beat up in like 19 seconds where he was just, the guy was like trying to shake him and Mike Tyson was locked yeah. into his eyes. And it's like, like a not, leopard, man, like a leopard yo. that just like is so in the zone. That this, it was so it real. It was so real. It was like, yo, listen, I like, I know you're <laughs> upset right now and I know you think you have some high moral ground, but like, you're not that guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because Dion, you're right. The favorite game to play on press row when something happens with Jokic is just where are the Jokic brothers? Like, what are they doing? <laughs> Who are they yelling at? Do they come down to the court from their seats? Or are they staying in their seats and yelling? Like, that's that's a favorite game to play. But it's funny because the whole world got introduced to them. But we know these guys. They've done this shit before. They're always they've always got Jokic's back. I mean, the, the two incidents that I immediately thought of. I'm curious to hear, hear what you guys think when Tony Brothers ejected Nicole Jokic. Oh yeah. Um, they almost charged the court during that. They had to be held back by the, the poor security guards who um, yeah. did a heck of a job two nights ago. And then the other <laughs> one I thought about was, um, do you remember when they almost got in a fight with Bobby Portis? Of course. It's all timer. Oh, right. Th- that's the other one I thought about. So behind the tunnel. Yeah, they, they almost got in a fight with him as he was going into the tunnel after a game. Would so, have been a um, great fight. Would have been a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. The, the 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 greatest part that people don't even know is that one of them is literally a fighter, right? One, one of the them is an amateur the MMA two. fighter. Strahini is not the like professional fighter, but I feel like he's the scary. Like he's above yeah. fighting. He definitely know? could be a fighter. Nemanja fight is an sports. MMA fighter. Yeah, Nemanja is an MMA fighter, and in his first fight, knocked out the other guy in like ten seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so his first brothers. um i do it is funny though because like they are they do have a very good like hold me back face you know what i mean like so if i do that and you guys are like all right adam you're not gonna run out of the court this or that like the entire time they're doing this i'm like they're about to run on the court and they're about to murder somebody and and you don't want to like challenge them to say oh you're not about to do this because then they will do it yeah that's the thing is that 
there is real truth behind that face that hold me yeah, back face. Like, that is like that's like bro please hold me back because i cannot be held accountable for what happens next and this could be really bad for my brother but like i mean if left unchecked like that would happen <laughs> they would charge the court well, like there's I no doubt they they said you know, Mike from Mike Stadium is a security guy, longtime security courtside security guy. Yeah. I like that they had him and one other a security guard, a, a, like a tiny woman, like she looks so tiny. And they like it was almost like they were assigned to the brothers. Like, okay, we got to oh, make sure the court stays calm. You, yeah. you two, well, you can tell. We have two on the brothers. What you can tell is they've done it before. They've, 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 they've been in that exact situation multiple, multiple times. It's in the playbook. It's probably play yeah. number one. Like, hey, we're going to run number one. Okay, secure the court. No. You two over there. Yeah. I mean, this is the difference. Like, I remember, uh, I think it was Terrence Mann got upset at Willie Collie Stein, like early on in the playoffs or something, or maybe right before. And he, like, jumped up and, like, ran, like, to get in his face, but he like ran directly to his teammate to be like, hold me back, bro. Hold me yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He took the, the route that would cause him to be he went directly fence. into his teammates <laughs> arms. I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. I love this. With <laughs> Strahinia and Nemanja, like, yeah. That would not happen. <laughs> that would not be the case. Well, it's a, it's poor. Like the one the one woman security guard is like has the, like the fear of God and everything. Both hands up, and she's just like, I don't know what's going to happen if they charge me. Like, there's no way I'm doing anything. And then we know Mike from Mike Stadium, like a really nice guy. We always always a great dude. And maybe he has some secret like Army Rangers training I don't know about. But same thing. Like as much as I love the dude. He's not gonna. St- he's not that guy. He's not gonna stop Strahinia from storming the court if that happens. So, who's amongst us is that guy? I don't. Mike's. I, I. I don't think Mike is even one of those guys. Like, if you said, "Hey, we need three guys," I'd be like, "Yeah, it needs to be like Bobby, Denver's head of security, and two guys comparable to Bobby." It's, it's like a three-man all Army Rangers that you got to go there. But I thought it was great, and it's fun, man. Like, it, it is funny how people talk about the European players and, and the softness of this or that you do get that really, I don't want to project too much, but you do feel like you learn a lot about Jokic from the way he interacts with his brothers. I mean, they are clear. They're a lot older than him, like 10 years older than him and, and, and more. And, you know, there is a real, like you get the sense that they're the type of guys that like nobody picks on our brother. Except, right. for Except for us. Right. Right. Except for us. Nonstop. Like, nobody, be- <laughs> nobody gets to beat up Nicola except for us. <laughs> Although the way he tells it, he says that he now beats them up. Well, I think only, I think only Nemanja, he said he submitted one time, but that was it. Which also, by the way, just tells you that these are like professional athletes. You know, it's a professional athlete, Njokic, and he's out wrestling his brothers. Well, do you guys remember the anecdote from uh, Lee Jenkins' profile of Jokic from yeah. – from 2017 with the knives of course i don't remember <laughs> telling so I, I think nicola was talking about um pneumonia and he goes like he once held down my arms and threw knives all around my head for punishment <laughs> for refusing to climb a tree during a picnic which which is just well, that's, that's that, crazy that, that, in its own the, right at least the punishment fits the crime and then, <laughs> and then yeah, for real yeah, and then nicola goes quote that was a little crazy so it probably got worse than that i'm guessing well it's so funny because like as a parent i really don't want my kids climbing trees (laughs) it's like actually really scary when they're climbing anything so it's funny that they were like mad at him for not doing something that quite possibly could have killed him 
It's well, I'm guessing it was a, maybe a rite of passage type deal. Like, yeah, we've all climbed this tree before. <laughs> Nicole is like six years old. Get up there and climb that. How, tree. how tall do you think in your mind? How tall is this tree that Nicola did not climb? 30 feet, 40 feet. Like, what, what oh, are we talking a, about? A giant a, oak tree. It, it's a, it's a tree of note. We'll say <laughs> it's that. Yeah. Note. It's, if you're from Sombor, you probably know, <laughs> you of know this tree. tree. Yeah, you know of the tree. That's so funny, man. That's so funny. And then also just the idea of like camo pants, camo undershirt, jersey. It's just what a look, man. I mean, I've only seen him in a Jokic jersey and camo, usually both. <laughs> Looks like actual tactical gear, too. Not not just like something you got to target, but that, that serves a real that, tactical purpose. The only thing I got from that is that like, I don't know what I have to do, but I have to get these guys to come to the bar. Like, there's oh just really God, no way. Sure. <laughs> There's just no other option at this point. And, and the, fun, the, yeah, the funny thing about uh, Nemanja and Strahinja is, like, we've interacted with them a bunch. I know at least me and Adam have. And um, they're so nice off the court. So like, nice. they, they only go into that mode when I really think, A, they're in an actual fight, or B, when they're trying to defend their brother's honor. And I remember um, – Somehow they were always on our flights in 2019 when we were going to Portland and San Antonio for those playoff games. <laughs> and, and I just remember Strahinia, this huge guy, six, eight, 300 something pounds, just walking on the plane in a really undersized Nikola Jokic jersey. Like that, <laughs> that's just the image I have like uh, him in sunglasses at 6 a.m. Because we all took the cheapest flights at 6 a.m. They took those <laughs> cheap flights for some reason. I don't know why. But him just walking on the plane in sunglasses in a way too small Jokic jersey. They that, they are seems. nice. They are nice guys, and it, you know from my experience, and and I do think that you're right about this. But I the part you're wrong about is I do think that they probably find themselves in in confrontations more often than say I do. Yeah, or Eric yeah, does. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they, you say more often than never. That's yeah, exactly. Funny. Yeah, I don't. I feel like there are just moments when like somebody, for example, in a park <laughs> looked at them the wrong way. You know, like. Yeah. And it really I have, bothered Yeah, yeah. When it comes to like societal fight and fight or flight, like I am definitely flight when it comes like I've I've learned about myself, like unfortunately, like when the, the chips are really down, like I unfortunately am a fight guy, which is uh, certainly gonna be my demise. Like that's I, how you should be, but that's when the chips are down, which they're never down unless you're like constantly putting into yourself in like real situations. Yeah, unless you're just yeah. not climbing the tree. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um the other thing, uh I wanted to get to just real quickly in segment two, we're going to talk about Harrison's great article today, but really just the idea about what if, what if Jamal Murray didn't get hurt? What if Barton was healthy? What if Dozier was healthy? Do we believe now that we see how these playoffs are playing out and we see the Phoenix Suns and how good they are, we're going to talk about what would have happened. And then later on, we're going to talk about Jokic making first team all NBA. We're going to talk about Dayan Milohovic. I think I got that right. Um, going to the Golden State Warriors, but real, real quick, we won't spend a lot of time on this. But I did just watch Nets Bucks, and there's two big standouts from this game. One was that Kevin Durant put on an all-time playoff performance: 49 point triple double, 49, 17, and 10. I think, just otherworldly. Like Kevin Durant, uh, his career has gone. I, I feel like he has the weirdest career of a surefire top 20 player, and I say top 20 because I honestly have no idea. Is he a top? 10 player top five. I have no idea because he was with Russell Westbrook for all those years. He got injured the one year. Then he went straight from that to golden state where he couldn't lose. Now he's like, I just don't know how to evaluate him as a player, but tonight, at least in one night, James Harden's hobbled. 
the team is down, game tied 2-2. You need Kevin Durant to do everything. And he did. He literally did everything. It was an all-time performance from him. Um, what do you think, Harrison, as you're watching this one? Do you remember that video of Kevin Durant at Rucker Park from the lockout? Yes. all-timer. <laughs> when he just dribbles up the court 10 times in a row and is just draining 35-foot threes, and then you just have to end the game because he just hits more and more ridiculous shots. That's what this reminded me of because – it was Kevin Durant versus the Bucks. I know Jeff Green had a nice game. I know, I know, Blake yeah. Griffin did some. Blake stuff, Griffin but, hit some big shots. Yep. Yeah, it was Kevin Durant versus the Bucks. And my favorite part about this game is that he played forty-eight minutes. Yeah. He played the entire game. He pulled a will, and um, yeah. and he was great at the end of it too. Yep. So. <laughs> The three he uh, hit with yeah, like was 30 incredible. seconds left was just like, what on earth? Well, the feet weren't set in any way. Didn't yeah. wasn't even trying to set his feet. He's just like, whatever, I'm just shooting this. And it cash from three. Did I lose Harrison? No, I'm here. I, I was waiting for D line to chime. Oh, but um yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch the game. I don't know. I didn't see it. I, uh, I, was, I told you I was taking a very troubled nap. Troubled. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean Kevin Durant's incredible. Um he's he's such a fascinating just basketball figure in in today's nba because i i could see kevin durant being the type of guy who plays on like he's already played on a lot of teams or i guess three teams i could see him playing on you know maybe a different team every two years for the rest of his career and Mm -hmm. just assembling a team every summer uh because maybe it's denver next baby yeah maybe it is and just doing whatever he wants because i I really i really do believe that deep down he really actually just doesn't want to do any of the bullshit and just wants to hoop like he really like he just keeps moving up to bigger and bigger markets like he just went from oklahoma (laughs) city to the bay area to new york city like i don't think i don't i don't really see him going down to say denver for example i think maybe if he could find like a larger market like if there's no i i think he could because i think durant's the type of guy who like what he wants could change every couple years like he he wanted to win championships so he went to golden state He, he wanted to you know be the guy and play with his buddies and so he went to brooklyn i think he might want something different in a couple years and that could take him to a different city i really think that grant people don't know this but he's a really savvy businessman and you know his partner rich Kleiman. they've obviously invested a lot part of his people don't realize this but part of the reason he went to the bay was because of the access to silicon valley that was provided there and he's made an enormous amount of money from roots he put down when he was there and then you know going to brooklyn obviously affords you a lot of opportunities there i don't know if if the cronkies have like hey man we have some great land deals out here for you some good we're moving six flags out to commerce city you want to get in on this deal i don't i don't know what's out here in denver for him to really make lots of money but i mean the billions he's looking to make i don't know if i can just tell one thing to anybody listening to this is that ignore that this was ever even brought up uh kevin Durant is not coming to denver in any circumstances <laughs> don't don't even have this buried deep into your mind as even a possibility like uh, we're just selling fake yeah. dreams here right i don't now. i don't even want kevin durant in denver yeah we don't i don't him. want him we don't want him in denver you know i want kevin durant in denver i'll take i don't him. i don't want him <laughs> in denver, man. i don't want him he would really uh 
he'd really fit nicely next to yoke he really would yeah that would be a nice pairing wouldn't it that would be a pretty sweet well, little pairing well the other pairing that i actually think has a real legs to it even though it's way off is Giannis, and he was the other story of tonight you know he really struggles in this game there's two stories to me if i'm really analyzing the bucks one is you know one is budenholzer it's just so bizarre you talk about kd played 48 minutes it, Katie and Harden both played more than anybody on the Bucks. It's just such a weird thing that he doesn't play his guys a heavy minutes in the playoffs. It's the weirdest thing. Um, and then also just some of the lineups they throw out there in key moments. The fact that Giannis never switched out onto KD to guard him. It's just so many weird things. But Giannis, you know, this game should have gone to overtime. Giannis gets a great pass. Chris Middleton breaks the defense down, drops the ball off to Giannis right under hand. Uh, right under the basket. He goes full Michael Porter, drops the ball, just uh, easy pass. He just fumbles it and kicks it off his leg, and the game is over there. And I just thought that was that was the craziest play. And I look at this and I go, Giannis is a very flawed player. He's a dominant player in the things he's good at, but he's so flawed. And he's so dominant in the areas Jokic is flawed. And so flawed in the areas Jokic is dominant. And I just look at this and I go, man, these guys kind of need each other. They like each other. I'm telling you, I, I said this the other day on, I can't remember where I said it, but I honestly, maybe it was this show. I honestly think that that is like two paths that I could see joining forces before long. I don't, I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's eminent, but I, I do think that I wouldn't I'd not at all be surprised if those two guys played on the same team at some point in their career. Nico yeah. and Giannis? The, the sitcom the world has been waiting for. Nico and Giannis, baby. Sounds like a yeah, coming next week on the Oxygen Network. <laughs> yeah, for real. Oh my god. That's the other thing is these two guys are so hated by the establishment. And tonight you see all of the NBA players, the real ones, no players that are like clowning Giannis publicly. Even Draymond Green is clowning him publicly, and it's just like I feel like for whatever reason they're Euros. They just don't garner the same respect. Jokic yeah. and, and Giannis kind of get the same sort of like undue criticisms. Right. I, I love. The- you put that for whatever reason what reason could this be well there's, there's a handful well because there are a handful of reasons there are a handful of reasons like but yeah but it's just it's just usa versus not usa right Euro. Yeah. i mean that's like it's it, it's all the, the usa U- usa is built different d-line yeah built different. <laughs> okay well yeah <laughs> it is funny though I, I do love like yeah. just quickly like i when i went to, i was in uh las vegas for a ricky hatton boxing match when he went up against floyd May- mayweather wow. and yeah well, I, I, don't even, I, I i did not attend the fight i just happened to be in the town at the oh, same okay. time okay i got you um and um <laughs> you know like all around the town there were like standard issue floyd mayweather fans which are like you know you're like oh man these are a bunch of scary guys the scariest human beings on earth were the Irish guys that were roaming <laughs> Las Vegas, like these white Irish guys that like you think about like, oh, you know, a bunch of white guys from Ireland. What are they? They eat their lucky charms or whatever. Like, dude, it was horrifying. I mean, I it was like Nemanja. That's, not, that's not what I think of what I think of. I know. That's my point. No, like, I'm saying eat, eat, eating lucky charms. I don't think of that. Oh, well, I'll, whatever. I mean, like, but just this idea that like the Euro the, the the soft european player it's like yeah. yo europe is a, an ancient part of the world especially as compo- uh, as compared to say the united states and like there's some really 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 real ones that uh, that are occupy- i think i know what it is it's like american soccer players in america and look soccer never took on in america for a variety of reasons but it's this idea of like we perfected this you guys learned it and you'll never be as good as us the difference yeah. is it's rapidly becoming closer than what, you know, it's like uncomfortably close, I think for the establishment, which is the U S here. So 
I think there's a lot of players that don't like that trend and, you know, don't, and let's be honest, the U S got embarrassed in the Olympics and in the world cup, you know, in the early part of this millennium. And I just think there's, there's like that part of, you know, that part of it as well, but they are getting, they actually are catching up. Maybe not to the degree Giannis has two MVPs. Jokic has one. So the Europeans have won three, the last three MVPs. Mm-hmm. I think American players, it doesn't sit well, but guess what? Play in the regular season. You'll win an MVP, Kevin Durant. That's so true. <laughs> but also like, look at the, what came out today. The first, the, the all NBA rankings. First yeah. team, Luka. Luka. We'll talk about that. Jokic that's good, and Giannis. That's a good tease. We can we can save yeah. that. Why don't we hit our first break? On the other side, I do want to talk about the what ifs, though, um, and, and we'll spend the meat of that. Obviously, a nugget heavy topic. And now that, like I said, they're forty eight hours removed from the end of the season. Maybe we have a perspective here. Could they really have done it? We'll talk about that. Yeah, guys, make sure to pick up some Mile High City Copper Lager from Breck Brew. Uh, Nuggets are done, but still tons of NBA playoffs to watch. Uh, So make sure you got some Mile High City Copper Lager right next to you for the games this week and this weekend. Pick it up from your local liquor store. Pick it up from the Breck Brew Farmhouse. Mile High City Copper Lager uh, from Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, Also, head to Gabby.com slash DNVR. If you want to save some money on your car and home insurance, you're probably spending too much on it right now Uh, what gabby does is it runs your numbers against 40 of the top providers it it runs what you're paying one runs what your coverage is and tells you where you're paying too much and where you can be saving money Uh, gabby customers save 961 dollars per year on average they'll never sell your info so no annoying spam or robocalls uh, as well so make sure to put your policy to the test uh, like tons of us at dnvr have done Get a better insurance with Gabby. That's what it stands for. G-A-B-I dot com slash DNVR. Get a better insurance. It's totally free. No obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash DNVR. Go to Gabby.com slash DNVR. Back here on the Locked On Nuggets podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. And this is the DNVR Nuggets podcast. What did I say? <laughs> the Locked On Nuggets. Did I really? Oh, my God. Back here on the DNVR Nuggets <laughs> podcast presented really? by DraftKings Sportsbook. What are you done to us? Uh, it's off season, baby. It's off season. <laughs> We're just the second fiddle podcast. Oh, you're locked on, on friends. Come on now, come on now. Um, and I want to talk. So Harrison, you had a great piece today. You know, it was really two pieces. You kind of broke down the season for a lot of the players on the on the roster, um, not just the injury played ones. But you talked about, you know, Michael Porter. What did he do this year? You know, um, you talked about Will Barton's future. Although I want to mention that part of it too because I kind of disagreed. There's a quote in there, and I. I feel like I, my takeaway is different from everybody else's, but I want to start first by the meat of it, which is to say you walk us back in history just two months ago. We were all happy and optimistic and we had not been uh, beat up in the stands emotionally yet. And the nuggets just got Aaron Gordon. You actually skipped right to the game against the Los Angeles Clippers, but I went back cause I wanted to look at like, what was the, the, the schedule? Do you remember the first game Harrison that, that Aaron Gordon played? Yeah, it was against the Atlanta Hawks, and it was the game went as well as you could have hoped it would. So that's exactly it. The Atlanta Hawks, who kind of have Denver's number, if we're being honest, like the Trey Young's Hawks have had Denver's number in the Trey Young era, and he's clowned Denver, and he did not clown him that night. The Nuggets whooped him, and they had all the usual suspects, you know, Bogdanovich and Capella and Collins. They were all there. Didn't matter. It was it was a butt whooping. And then I went on, and you talked about the Clippers game because that was, I think, the most high-profile one. And same thing, Paul George is 
they're going to give this one a go. Kawhi Leonard, they actually tried for, for a change, and it didn't matter. Denver whooped them too. And if you look at the games in that – how many games they played together? Like six or something? It wasn't even that many. No, it was like ten. No, but Murray was hurt in the middle of that. I, I, he got hurt after the – because we had eight straight wins. I know, but I think four or five of those wins were without Murray. Because he got no, hurt. because we well, couldn't have been because we lost the game that Murray got hurt it against yes, Golden but, State. No, but Murray Murray was hurt with the knee thing and the other leg, and he he came back for that Golden State game. The Golden State game was his first game back from yep. a minor injury, and then he obviously gets the major one. Um, that, that lineup only appeared in five games this season. Five games, exactly. It's so ridiculous. But that lineup, and of course, the lineup is uh, Jamal Murray, Will Barton, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., and Nikola Jokic. It finished the season with a plus 18.5 net rating. Again, not the biggest sample size. We, we are talking about 110 minutes, so probably 220 possessions, roughly. But 220 possessions is not nothing, and it was freaking dominant. It was exactly what you would think if you said, okay, what's the best-case scenario for that? 127 offensive rating is, like, insane. 108.7 defensive rating is, like, really good. Not not insane. You wouldn't expect that to be an insane offensive lineup, but you expect it to be good. It was. And that was against some good offensive teams, the Hawks, the Clippers. You go back and watch it, it's such a small sample size, but it really there weren't any weaknesses when you watched it. No, for sure. And um, I mean, the reason I went back to the Clippers game is because after the Nuggets lost game four the other night, Michael Malone said, and I couldn't believe he said this, but he was spot on. He goes, after we beat the Clippers in LA on April 1st, I thought we could win the championship. And I was like, wow, that's, you know, that, that's a pretty interesting thing for him to declare after, right after Denver gets eliminated. But I, I just thought back and, you know, over those five games when the Murray, Barton, Porter, Gordon, Jokic lineup played and when Aaron Gordon first got here, I mean, it was everything that we hoped and thought it could be. Yeah. Um, defensively, he locked down Kawhi Leonard for oh, a lot yeah. of that Clippers game. Aaron Gordon's defense was just as advertised and offensively. I mean, he fit in so well. He was shooting a really high percentage in that lineup was just so, so good on both ends of the floor. And we were like, wow, this is working out exactly how we thought it could be. And what I remember about that time is like the numbers were great and they were undefeated since they got Aaron Gordon. I think they went seven and zero in their first seven games with him, but that team at that time just had the look and the feel and almost the aura and just kind of was carrying itself like a team that really thought it could win the championship. And I think they very well could have if Jamal Murray stayed healthy. So um, that was only a month and a half ago. (laughs) It was not that long ago, man, which is crazy, but yeah. um, This season because of that for me is just the ultimate. What if. I think the number one thing, when I reflect on the season, where I arrive at it is that, and it's funny you mentioned Malone's quote, because he says, at that point in time, I really felt like we had a chance to win it all this year. I really did. And what's interesting about that is he's saying, at that point in time, which means going into the playoffs, he did not think that. I mean, that's how I, I that's sort of the implication of him saying, at that point in time. And look, it's we're not... 
we want everybody to always be like, we always have a chance no matter what. And I think they did a good job of rallying around that. But I also think deep down this team knew they had a ceiling they were going to bump up against at some point. And I think that was part of the drag of this year was winning in the first round almost became, whether it was an, a, an explicit or implicit goal, it became a thing that was like, what can we do that's realistic? And that was it. And I think part of what happened with this team is one, they ran out of gas. They might've also ran out of a little bit of belief. What do you think, Eric? I think that, yeah, like, <clears throat> I think that they ran into a team that they couldn't solve and at all made them lose their belief. Like where they were like, well, God damn it. We don't have the missing piece that we need. And unfortunately, you know, as good of a story as it was in the first round, like Austin rivers can't be that guy. And we can't, we just can't cobble together Jamal Murray, unfortunately. Um, so it's like, I don't think that they, I think they lost belief in that it was taken from them. You know, I don't think that they lost belief in that they were, they looked to the man on their right and their left. And like, we're like, well, this isn't, we can't, I don't believe in this guy. It's just, they just, you know, they just hit, they just hit reality and they, they got out scheme. They got out, they got out everything. But I, I don't think that as at their core, they have lost belief in the idea that the Nikola Jokic led Denver Nuggets are unable to, you know, to do more than they did this year. I, just, I think it's more of just like they ran out of gas. I mean, they really were um, pressing hard going down the stretch to find out who they were and keep fighting not only to rise in the standings. I mean, remember like the last part of the season was colored by wanting to win to avoid the Lakers. So they were like winning at all costs and keeping Nikola Jokic in and, you know, like really making certain that they rose in the standings, which is funny because the the Clippers just (laughs) – granted that, that that pass they probably would have done it regardless but i mean they they were really in their minds playing for something so they were they were had their foot on the on the gas when maybe other teams were letting up so i it just obviously caught up to them um they just they looked tired to me more than anything else yeah and that's yeah. part of it the fatigue from having to sprint like i think they were in playoff mode from the moment murray went down because it's like we totally. can't let this drop or we got to win and we got to press and Jokic kept playing and playing and you're like and I just think the bill came due. Yeah, I, I think they lost some belief in, um, I think it was the third quarter game too, because they lost game one, lost by double digits, but they also lost game one to Portland by double digits. And then in game two, it was clear that they just, you know, it was going to take a gigantic effort to to figure out Phoenix in the third quarter of game two and, and the wheels kind of fell off. But I also think like Adam said, there's something to the fact that, Oh, we did win a series with, with this team. We, we did beat a Lillard McCollum backcourt with our second string backcourt. We did do that because we have the best player in the world yeah. and we just have a special thing with this team and, and we can just, overcome when a lot of teams can't i really feel like there was just a lot of satisfaction taken in that too yeah but i that that like implies that they let up like they didn't ever let up like they went down absolutely swinging like that that let that unit and i i believe in my heart that had nicole Jokic stayed in that game like he would have 
willed them to a victory Dude, in game they four. were down they were down six points with like three minutes left and were yeah. a monte morris mid-range jumper away from making that like a four-point game yeah, yeah. They, they got down they got down within one i mean like that game was very much uh like not at all like i mean that was very much still in the balance and i i just i i feel like there's just no way Jokic would have allowed them to, to I mean, I, they, there's no chance they would have won the series, right, um, right. but I, I do think that they would have won or at least like really challenged to win that last game. But it just shows like they never, they did, they never did give up. They never right. gave up. Like they, they really were, were fighting. So there's a little bit of just a subconscious of like, is this a fool's errand? And, you know, it's hard to do the miraculous or to do like play above yourself when that happens. But, you know, regardless, it, it went the way that it went and there's no going back. But now let's go, you know, kind of the hypothetical here is, did you see enough that with Jamal Murray, with Will Barton, with PJ Dozier, who I think actually would have had a sneaky important part in this series, like a, a big defender with length, who Bridges, also yeah. not a negative on offense, like he's, kind of a neutral on offense but certainly not a negative um if you have those three guys do you how do you think denver handles chris paul in particular and how do you think this series goes i'll I'll let you go first harrison so i think denver could have absolutely won the series if jamal murray was healthy and if pj dozier was healthy and like you think about it oh it's not like jamal murray's a great defender like chris paul still would have gotten to his spots and they still would have pick and rolled the nuggets to death but what you got to understand is like the whole dynamics of the series would have been so different because right, yep. of jamal murray like the whole the whole every game would have had such a different feel because the nuggets even for how good the suns are defensively i really think would have been borderline unstoppable Right. If Jamal sure. Murray was healthy and just being able to score the way the Nuggets could have scored with Jamal Murray, it, it just changes so many things. It changes how Phoenix attacks. It changes how much pressure they feel. It, it, it just changes everything. So um, I, I think they definitely could have won if they were healthy. Yeah, like that's exactly right, man. Like I, whether or not they could have, like I, it, it wouldn't have looked like it did. That's for sure. Like they couldn't, you couldn't have every Phoenix Sun player just collapse onto Nikola Jokic as he was in the lane because they weren't scared of any shooters. You couldn't, you know, like the, <clears throat> there would be a much bigger shift in the way that uh, Phoenix had to try and defend. And, you know, PJ Dozier could have easily, you know, been on Chris Paul um, right. for times and like not you know, potentially allowed that terrible drop coverage over and over that I'm going to see in my sleep. But maybe even, I mean, Shaq Harrison probably not on the team if all of this happens, you never know. But but Denver could afford to play a player like that because you have more guards that can shoot. Like, part of the problem was he's like, you can't put Shaq out there because we don't have any shooters. So there's no way you could come up with a lineup that spaces the court well enough. But if you do have a Murray and a Barton and an MPJ, like, you could put one non-shooter who's just a defender out there to kind of, you know, stymie those those minutes for Chris Paul. But that that's the biggest thing to me is Phoenix never made an adjustment in this, this series because they didn't have to. They're like, well, that keeps working. Let's keep doing it. And I just <laughs> they really that, never made an adjustment. <laughs> You're really and there's right. no way that that would have been true if Murray's there. Like they would have had to have tried different looks out because Denver would have just been so dynamic. And the other part of this is, you know part of what I think stings about the sweep was that Chris Paul did what he wanted to throughout this entire series. And I think that Jamal Murray is a guy that if Chris Paul goes in and hits three mid range fadeaways in a row, like Jamal Murray is going to be like, all right, F you man, let's do this. It's just like it was with Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell starts going off and he's like, all right, you know what? 
even if we can't stop you, which was true of Donovan Mitchell, guess what? I'm going to, I'm going to punch back just as hard. And he did. That's the thing about Jamal Murray. He also had 52 50 point games in that series. Like Gamer. It, whatever was required, you're like, Oh man, Donovan Mitchell's going off. All right. I'm also going to go off now later in the, like Donovan Mitchell early Jamal Murray later in the series. And I just think that's what exactly what would have happened is rather than talking about how Chris Paul has all these points, you would have been talking about the duel and how, Oh, now Jamal Murray has all these points. It's so true. I mean, that is, that is the soul of Jamal Murray is the, like the gamer, the guy that shows up when the chips are down and like just delivers performances. You're not expecting, like he's done it now two postseasons in a row. He did it with against the, the, the uh, Spurs. He did. I mean, he's just incredible in those situations. It's like so unfair. Life is so unfair that, that that was taken away that we never got to see Jamal Murray build off of last season's, uh, bubble run, you know, to see like what he could do after that. Uh, it sucks. It told, I mean, it would have absolutely changed the also, series. I mean, you know, he torches Phoenix. Like, this is this yes. one team you told me who's the team he always goes up against. And I wonder if it's like him and Devin Booker, Kentucky guys, I think, you know, have a friendship or whatever, but I, I he just loves that match. All of his, it's so true. His best games have come against Phoenix. Yeah. Well, I mean, just think about it. There would have been a point in that series where they've got to switch Mikhail Bridges onto him. And then Mikhail oh, yeah. Bridges isn't on Michael Porter Jr. anymore. And yeah, then maybe totally. that allows Porter to go off. Like it's it just stuff like that that would totally have changed the feel of everything about the series. You look around, and this was the year. It's easy to say this because if we're saying Denver doesn't get hurt, does that still mean that the Lakers do? Does that still mean, you know, Noah Baca and all these other things? But I just look at all these teams in the league, and this is a year where they're all flawed. It feels like the first of a of a new era. Like all these teams, Brooklyn just assembled, you know, and Drew Holiday just arrived in Milwaukee and all this. So it feels like the first year, a lot of these teams are going to get better. This really was a golden opportunity. And another line I wanted to talk about, Harrison, was Will Barton and his uh, his post game was so painful. We talked a little bit about this the other day on the show. But um, one of the things when he was asked, I don't, it might have been your question, when he was asked, what, what does he want out of the next step of his career? And this was his quote, just to be appreciated. Being in a winner, winning environment, a chance to win, just to be myself and play my game. That first line, I feel like, is the most important one because he referenced being booed in his post game. 2019 never left Will Barton. That was a watershed moment from where he was giving everything he had to the city of Denver. We gave him the T-shirt that said home on it. Remember, Eric? And he wore it immediately and with pride. Like, Do I remember? Yeah. He wore it with pride, like representing the city of Denver and all of this stuff. And the moment he got booed, and not only that, like you go online and you see the Will Barton slander. Like I that him saying the first words out of his mouth when asked that just to be appreciated – that's what I think he's talking about. And this is why everybody says they think he'll pick up his uh, player option. I'm not so sure. And I don't think it has anything to do with money. I think there's something more valuable to him. And it's just he knows he is not wanted here by the fans, which not that they should matter, but they do to him. And and it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what he's going to do either with, with the player option. I think there's a chance he picks it up. But um, it, it, it wasn't my question. I think it was Mike Singer's and – um. Yeah, I think you're completely right. Um, just to be appreciated. I don't think Will feels appreciated by the fans. And I don't think part of him feels appreciated by the Nuggets either. Um, really? I, yeah, I think there's a b- lot of things that have gone on over the last couple of years. Um, it's really like 
you know, two years ago, there's like this small forward competition. Oh, I remember that. After yeah. Will Barton's coming off a great year. And I think Will in that situation singing to himself, like, why is there a competition? Like what? Who, Do you was, remember? Who was the small forward competition? Him and Mike? It was Will and Tori and Wancho. Oh, geez. In um, hindsight, and, it's like, come on. You remember there was a there was a post-practice press conference that Will did, and somebody asked him about the small forward competition. And he was like, What? There's a small forward competition? Oh, yeah, he's smiling and just like, yeah. Hey, yeah. So I think there's some of that too for, for what he's done with the Nuggets and fought through injuries and um, just really battled and done everything the organization has asked of him, you know, play different positions, play backup point guard, play the three, play the two. And I think part of him still feels like he's got to fight for everything still. He's got to fight for a starting job every season. So I think he doesn't feel appreciated by a lot of people. Um, But that being said, but I think there is a situation or there, there is a possibility that, you know, Denver runs it back. I think it's more likely that they run it back. And who is the clear candidate to be the starting shooting guard next year? <laughs> yeah. Will Barton. He's uh, more likely to be this. Uh, like it makes more sense that he's a shooting guard. Part of the controversy with him at small forward is he's not a small forward. He might have right. been the best he, option at small forward, but right. he's not a small forward. He was playing out of position for the last couple of years. He didn't bitch about it. He was he was perfectly fine with it. Um, and now he's back at his natural position of the two. So um, the, the thing with his player options is, is, is interesting because there's so many factors. Um, like, is he going to make $15 million per year on the open market? Probably no not. Way. No way. Um, but then again, with Will Barton, it's like, He's had injuries these last couple of years. You would think if he has the opportunity, he'd like to lock in a long-term deal and long-term money somewhere. So I think his number one priority would be to do a long-term extension in Denver. If that doesn't happen, yeah, maybe he sees if he could get a long-term deal elsewhere or maybe he picks up the player option and you know Denver has one last run with this group. Yeah. Yeah. It is a bummer, dude. Like, <clears throat> there, are, as much as I love the idea of Nuggets fans and the people that follow us and the people that are engaged heavily, like, <clears throat> like the everybody that's in the arena and like people that you encounter at large, like online, like, like a lot of times just really don't get it. <laughs> you know, like Will Barton has come under so much scrutiny. We've we've had you know lots of times where we've felt like we were on will barton island just being like dude what is your problem like what is everyone's problem here like will is all heart will has been the best part of the nuggets for several years when the nuggets were at their darkest um and like for me like i can all i can trace it back to there were two straight games where will uh took last minute shots and he missed them both and i just felt like the world the Nuggets world turned on him in such a way. And then he just got this, uh, I don't, he just got this stigma of being a chucker that he would just always did too much. He didn't pass the ball. Like he was, and it's crazy. Like you watched him play this year. I mean, he was full complimentary basketball and he, it's, he's really always been this way. It's just like, as soon as, you know, people get an idea in their heads, it's like impossible to shake. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I understand where he's coming from. Like he did absolutely get booed in the playoffs. Um, he was terrible. I mean, yeah. So yeah, and and like, t- and to be fair, I mean, he was terrible. 
He was yeah. terrible that game. Like, yeah. um, you know, and, you know, Nuggets fans are treating it more like Broncos fans, which they're the same people. So that makes sense where, you know, you, you it's okay to boo. Yeah, but you know what? I was talking to Andy Lindahl this, this week. I went on his show on Altitude, and he was talking about how Peyton Manning to this day still tell, talks to him about being booed. That's what I mean. Like, like, yeah, like that stuff sticks like to a player, you know, to a player. Like, I, yeah. I, I kind of agree with it. I'm not, it, we had that controversy back in the day. Should you boo? Should you this or that? And like the thing that bugged me about Will getting booed wasn't that he was playing miserably. It's that he was giving it his all. And I feel like when you boo players, there has to be a second cry or like a different crime than just, dude, you need to stop shooting, which is frustrating sometimes when you're not making any, but it's like, Will leaves it all on the court. And you just, to me, you just got to respect it. Yeah. Well, t- t- it, like, I don't have a problem morally with the booze or just whatever, but, but the fact that it's accompanied with just like a relentless idea that Will Barton sucks, you know, that that's the part that's like the boo is just sort of the culmination of that. And it's sort of like, is what you can point to is like the one time where that like really came to light. Um, and it's, you know, so I understand like just the wanting to be appreciated thing. Cause I, I, I would get like, I'd feel the same way. Like, yo, like <laughs> you people are delusional. Like who With else the, is uh, laying yeah. it on the line for nuggets nation. I do yeah. wonder how much a healthy Will Barton would have been. I don't think healthy Will – if you just keep Murray out but have a healthy Barton and a healthy Dozier, um, I don't know if the playoffs go meaningfully different. I mean, I think you certainly get one game off of Phoenix. And maybe you even shorten that Portland series, although if you look back, game one, Denver went in with a terrible game plan, and then game four, it kind of felt like they had no chance of winning that one because of extenuating circumstances. But um, Will Barton did just add a level of dynamic. That once Denver – the story of that series was once Denver realized – how Monte could freeze Nurkic in that pick and roll. It was like, they just murdered him. So yeah. Barton would have known that from the start and been an option to do that from the start. And maybe it makes it easier, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't think anything's drastically different in the Phoenix series. If Barton plays the whole time, but if you were not a Will Barton guy before, like there is no excuse for you not to be one now after he came back in that series, because like he didn't have to come totally. back. He was, he didn't have to push to play 38 minutes in game four, which I think is what he played, which was like double what his minute restriction could have been. I mean, that, that the was guy, all on him. And it was, yeah, yeah, game four, which I mean, the only people that really are willing to risk their careers in a game four down 03 are guys that really do play with all of their heart. Like, yeah, he didn't have to do that. Like, he didn't have to plead with the medical staff and Michael Malone to let him play more. I mean, can, Remember when Davis Bertans would not play in the bubble? Like, he just like didn't go to the bubble because he's like, no, man, I'm, a, I'm in a contract year. I'm not going to risk that. And it's the same. What was different about that? Like Washington had a slim to none chance of making it to the playoffs, and Denver had a slim to none chance of coming back in that series. But Barton was like, F it, dude. I'm here. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to let my guys down. Yeah. Um, I mean, you just feel for him because he hasn't been healthy for a single playoff run. It's, yeah. it's crazy. He's been such an integral part of this Jokic era, and he's been like the pulse of the locker room and like the heartbeat of the team. But for all three of these playoff runs, hasn't been healthy. And I mean, the guy has been through a ton over the last year plus. He mentioned it in the post game, like his cousin got shot. Um, Man, all the I injuries. Like that's a part of all of this, Ted. You know, you forget about how, you know, I remember when it came out, but you kind of are just like, we're thinking about basketball, we're thinking about this or that. But it's like, yeah, man, like 
a lot. He had a tragedy in his personal life, and it is very difficult, you know, that he carried that with him every day. Yeah. And, and just with the injuries also, um, I, I mean, a lot of people don't know the extent because he hasn't spoken super publicly about it. And, I, and I've reported on it throughout the year, but the guy couldn't dunk when he left the bubble right. last yeah. August. He couldn't do like a four-foot box jump right. without his knee hurting when he was rehabbing in Miami. Like He had to pretty much reteach himself how to jump and play basketball last off season. And he mentioned how we didn't touch a ball until the week before training camp. And that's, that's a hundred percent true. He didn't like his rehab had nothing to do with actual basketball almost. So um, you feel for him. You really do. Yeah. Um, The last one I'll say is that in a weird way, Michael Porter played the best basketball of his career from the time Murray went down. I mean, it was already happening. He was already playing well when Murray was healthy, but from the time Murray went down to the end of the regular season was sort of the best. It was a coming out party for Michael Porter. And I just wonder if that would have happened to the same degree if Murray was there. And if maybe it was good for him, if there's like one thing that was better, it's Michael Porter getting a chance to be a 23 or whatever he was point per game score over the last 15 games of the season. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's another another what if. But I'm with you guys. I don't – Phoenix is really good. I'm so curious to see what Phoenix looks like against, you know, the next opponent um, if they carry this over. But they're a really good team, and I think it would have taken everything Denver had to compete with them and to beat them. But at the same time, we saw it. They were they, they were, they were uh, an MFer as well when they had them, and it sucks we were robbed of it. Maybe next year we'll get it. Let's take another break. On the other side, though, we'll wrap this show up by talking about Jokic, who is the has reached another Denver Nuggets milestone by being uh, first-team All-NBA for the second time. Uh, we'll talk about those teams. We'll also talk about Dayan Milojevic, who I was secretly hoping was coming to Denver, but no, he's going to Golden State. <laughs> Uh, yeah, guys, at manscaped.com. You can get the Lawnmower 4.0. It's available. It's out. Get it while it's hot. Uh, the Lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped. You can get it for 20% off when you use the code DNVR20 at manscaped.com. You'll also get free shipping with that. Uh, the Lawnmower 4.0, ton of really cool and awesome features. Um, it's got a 4,000K LED spotlight. It's got uh, new trimmer lengths, additional guard lengths with sizes one through four. Uh, it's really sleek. They've changed up the look on it. Uh, you also get the travel bag. You get wireless charging with the lawnmower 4.0 also. So uh, tons of great perks that come with it. Get 20% off the lawnmower 4.0 or whatever Manscaped products you want. Uh, get that at manscaped.com. Again, use the code DNVR for 20% off at manscaped.com. Dot com and on DraftKings this week. Um, uh, great opportunities for new betters, as always. Again, they're putting you courtside with the chance to turn one dollar into one hundred dollars in site credit. So, if you've been holding out on DraftKings, if you don't want to sign up, and maybe you're maybe you're bored on uh tomorrow night, you're you're watching the games, download DraftKings, use the code DNVR, uh, pick a team to win. If that NBA team wins tomorrow night, you're going to turn uh, $1 into $100 in site credit. Super easy. Um, just pick a team to win, bet $1, turn that into $100 in site credit. So make sure to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credit. But on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, that's all they got to do. Win their next game. 
If they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code DNVR for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Wager paid out inside credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Finally, finally, got to tell you about Solace Meds. Um, if you just mention DNVR, Super Producer Kale was telling us about this last week. He went to, he went into Solace Meds, mm. just mentioned DNVR, mentioned the promo code they DNVR20. They'll treat you like a VIP. They'll hook it up. Uh, they've got tons of deals going on there. And then with the code DNVR20, you also get 20% off uh, whatever you're buying. So that's an additional 20% off uh, to go with all the deals that they've got. You also get a free Solace Bar or King Cone with that promo code DNVR20. So just drop the name DNVR, drop the promo code DNVR. They'll treat you like royalty. They'll treat you like a VIP at Solace Meds. They've got a location uh, right next to the DNVR bar on East Colfax. They've also got spots in Fort Collins, in Wheat Ridge, uh, one off of Broadway. And like I said, one blocks from the DNVR bar on East Colfax. Remember to use that code DNVR20. You will receive 20% off and get a free Solace Bar or King Cone. King Cone. Um, all righty. Final segment here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast. Don't forget, we're going to be here five times a week, Monday through Friday, all off season. We'll be going live starting, I think, maybe towards the end of this week. Tomorrow, I will have a very special episode. Uh, George Carl and myself, the Keeping It 1000 podcast, but also a special guest. It looks like, although I think this is like 99% certain, Alex English coming on the show tomorrow at 1 o'clock to go live. So you're going to want to subscribe wow. to us on YouTube as well as to the Keeping It 1000 podcast. I can't wait. I'm hopeful that I can have a new series in which me and George Carl all summer long interview former Nuggets greats and just try to unite the eras. This is like one of my major goals. The Nuggets don't do this themselves. So I'm going to do it for them. <laughs> Try to bring all of the eras of Denver Nuggets basketball together. And I want to hear Alex English talk about David Thompson, talk about Carmelo Anthony, talk about Nikola Jokic, and just try to hear what these guys have to say about all the different eras. So I'm very excited for that one. I can't wait to I can't wait to hear what he has to say about David Thompson because he he's the a guy that I feel like gets a little lost in, yeah. in Nuggets lore. And then um, Nicole Jokic gets all NBA first team today and Nuggets PR sends out the press release and it says, you know, Jokic is the first Nuggets player to earn all NBA honors in three straight seasons. His two career first team selections ties David Thompson for the most in franchise history. So David Thompson also was first team all NBA twice. David Thompson is the Wilt Chamberlain of the Denver Nuggets. Meaning yeah. like he's, he's yeah. right before you know, written history, basically. Right. I mean, there was written history, but so much of the, like he is a legend, six foot, basically six, I think he was listed at six foot four, but he's really like six foot two and really was Michael Jordan level athletic, just body control and everything else. And so uh, somebody could say, yeah, I saw, player. yeah, somebody could say, I saw David Thompson dunk over, you know, a minivan and I'd be like, probably. Well, probably. the thing that they used to say about him was that he could jump up and grab and leave a dollar on the top of the backboard and grab four quarters. He <laughs> <laughs> a dollar for four quarters off the top of the backboard, which I don't think is true, but uh, it gives you a, a, a you never know. Maybe it was legend. What would the legend of Jokic be? <laughs> what will they say about Jokic in 15 years? About, you they know will, what? Could do? Yeah. Could, it, huh? it will be 
kind of similar to like the Larry Bird stuff. Like, yeah, one game he just, you know, yeah. didn't shoot for a whole game, which actually happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's not exactly cool, though. That was, yeah, that was like really that's not shooting with your left hand. That's like just being obstinate and not participating. Like, he didn't shoot. He didn't shoot. So nobody would ask him about it in the postgame press conference. <laughs> what What are my all time biggest regrets from Jokic's career is that he didn't hit the game winner in the Memphis game, because if, if he would have gone all game without scoring and then hits the game winner at the buzzer, to me, it would have just been like, yeah, that, was, that would have been a Larry Bird story. Whereas like one yeah. game, he made a point where he just refused to shoot for the entire game until he had to with one second left and he hit a game winner. That would have been that would have been a Wilt Chamberlain-esque story. That would have been perfect. But alas, came up just short. Um, you are right, though. He is the first Nuggets player to earn all NBA uh, team honors in three straight seasons. And he has first two, uh, team, two first team selections and now ties David Thompson. There's a great chance he's going to pass it. Um, to me, this is another in a long line, Eric. Like He was the greatest Nugget coming into the season then he earned an mvp so it's like it's over but this is another in a long line of do you do you ever see back harrison i don't know if you've seen these but i know eric did the old back in the day when they showed it was the like a poster it was michael jordan with all of his trophies and it was like all the mvps all the scoring titles all the defensive you know all of this and then like when you lay them out it just looks like there's like a hundred trophies but Jokic just slowly doing this the nuggets version of this where it's you know he's going to eventually be the all-time leading scorer rebounder passer you know he's going to have the mvp he's gonna have all this like he's slowly collecting enough in his trophy case that it's like oh wow he might have the biggest trophy case right now of any nuggets player he's the literal mvp of the league i mean he's well nobody has that one yeah he's just yeah just every year he wins something he's like the first team nba he's like like he just keeps winning things over and over like even though the team is not fully winning it's just like Jokic and Jokic is getting like and he's getting better like he's just getting better and better and better and like his body is uh, going along with his talent and he's like realize his, he's getting the purpose behind all of it too. And like understanding what he means to so many people that he actually cares about. Um, so yeah, man, like, I, I mean, like I can't imagine, it's not going to slow down. Like it's, right. it's certainly not going to slow down. He's just, uh, He's just incredible. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, it's hard to imagine what people will say about him because he is so incredible in so many different ways. Like, if it'll be the passing, if it'll be the scoring that people talk about, if it'll just be his ability to command an offense from the center position. Like, it just the, – the thing about Jokic is that he's just so completely unprecedented. So <laughs> the, the people are definitely going to compare him – like players to you, like it'll be a Rudy Gilbert caliber skilled player who will make a pass to the corner. And they'll be like, man, you know, that really reminds me of Jokic. Jokic used to just be like, come on, man, come on. Yeah. The, the, the one that got me, the, the accolade that got me after game four was Jokic passed Mello for third on the Nuggets playoff scoring list. That's wild, man. Which no, it's his third. Is this his third playoff run? With yeah, his playoff run. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He already passed Mello, who was just oh, you know, Mello is a freaking bucket. Like it's a bucket. <laughs> he, he, it's what he does. Right. And Yoke. I mean, that's another thing from this year with Yoke. Like we've got to start talking about him as just one of the best scores in the league. Period. Wow. Because, I mean, the guy led the NBA in baskets during the season. I think when Denver got eliminated, he was third. 
in the playoffs and baskets and wasn't even top 15 in minutes. So Nikola Jokic also a bucket. Um, But yeah, he's just continuing to build the, uh, like the right column of his Wikipedia profile. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if he'll never catch Faku and his right <laughs> column of his Wikipedia profile because that is like a just a book of career highlights. That's so funny. But uh, he's just adding line after line to that. Yeah. It's so if we look at this All NBA first team. It's it's really really interesting for a couple of reasons. You got Steph Curry and Luka Doncic in your backcourt. You got Kawhi Leonard and Giannis in your front court, and then you got Jokic. First of all, perfect team. That team right there is a banger. If you gave Jokic, and it's funny because this is Jokic's team, but if you gave Jokic, Luka, Steph, Kawhi, and Giannis, you got all bases covered. You're scoring every time down court. You're defending everybody. It's a, it's a great team. But what stands out to me about this this group is that you have three European players, Giannis, Jokic, and Luka. And then you have a fourth in here in Steph Curry who is also weirdly – in the Jokic camp of players that seem for whatever reason to be outside the real ballers, no group in, in staff. So I thought it's kind of been an interesting first team. Um, what do you think, Eric? What do you, when you see that team, what do you think? Well, I mean, what I think is what I said before, like I, I it was like three non-Americans are yeah. that make up uh, three of the top five. It, it's pretty remarkable. And um, when you look at them, it's not really, in, in my mind, it's not really arguable either. Like they all make complete sense for where they're at. I mean, they, those are the players that like really disrupt the league. I mean, Steph Curry, you're right. Like that's the one that you're like, well, maybe, you know, you could see him sliding in, especially with all the noise. So it was made for him to be the the, the MVP, but um, yeah, it just, it, it, it speaks to a, an ever growing uh, basketball landscape worldwide, which is so incredible. We, we've mentioned this on the podcast before. I think Harrison and I just talking about, like, I just really have this dream that the basketball World Cup and the Olympics take on the same gravitas that the soccer World Cup and the, yeah, awesome. the, the soccer competition take because basketball is another sport that can be played by anyone worldwide because it requires so little. You know, like, no, like American football is never going to pick up worldwide because, you know, like kids in, in Latin America aren't just going to be like, Oh, let's, so let's play equipment. American football. Like, there's all these crazy rules and it requires a, a suit of armor to play like suit of armor. <laughs> um, basketball. You just need a ball in a, in a hoop the same way in soccer. You just need a ball in a, in a goal. And so it's, it's ubiquitous enough that really anyone can, can play it. And you're, so you're starting to see that it just takes the, the, the idea to even start to play it in the first place. And, um, I just love seeing the different personalities and different takes on how basketball is played from all of yeah. these different countries. And, you know, it just enriches the league so much to, to have a player like Nikola Jokic that is so unorthodox by NBA standards come in and, and play in, in such a way that like, you know, we, we've talked about whether or not we're going to see Jokic clones moving forward. It's, it's hard for me to imagine anybody able to do what Nikola Jokic is doing, but they'll at least try They'll at least like have it in their mind that it's a possibility. Um, and the same thing, the way that Luca plays the same way that, that, that Giannis plays, like these guys are, they're not what the NBA has seen before. I mean, they're just, they're, they're wholly unique. And yeah. um, it just is changing the dynamics of the game in a way that, you know, just makes it more and more interesting. So 
I, I love it. Like I, I really want that reality to come true to where you watch the world cup of basketball, you know, you know, that the Serbian team has a certain personality that fits with the, the personality and ethos of the country itself. I mean, the same totally. way you watch, watch a soccer game and you're like, Oh man, these Italians are slimy or whatever. Like <laughs> I, I remember I watched like a, the world cup with a, with a, uh, with a Brit and he was just like, watching the the portuguese and he was like oh these these sardine eaters they're so slow <laughs> whatever i mean they just had like a, a national identity that they, their their soccer team would uh would take on and I, I i just i want that you know like i i don't like the u.s is like doesn't care about it and they you know i mean it, it to the point at, at this point like the u.s still is is much better than the rest of the world if we were really to put our our top players out and, and allow them to make like, it like a seven the, game series you see how a seven game series like really brings out the best team whereas like a tournament it's just anybody can win one game totally totally but yeah like if, if the u.s like really cared about it like lebron like it was a point of national pride and lebron james like all these uh, top top players would get together and they would practice and they take it seriously like that would be amazing. I hope we get there. The fact that the European players are getting the accolades and are getting the respect in the NBA makes me feel like it's not so far away. The um, second team is interesting here because you've got Damian Lillard, Joel Embiid, Chris Paul, Julius Randle, and LeBron James. And Randle's inclusion on this list is funny to me, not because I think he didn't deserve it, but when you look at the first, second team split here and even if you go to the third team we got rudy gobert you got jimmy butler paul george bradley bill kyrie irving if you go to this part of why the first team was the way that it was is because those guys played and i'm so curious to see how much going forward guys actually play i'm curious how much Jokic does this does Jokic play every game for the next several years or does he even take yes. a little bit of a different approach maybe Maybe, or maybe he takes a little bit of a different approach. I don't know. Like Steph Curry and Giannis not making any all NBA team is the guy who I think is the best player in the world right now. And that's Kevin Durant. Maybe I'm just recency bias after watching him go God mode tonight, but he didn't even make an all NBA team. And I think that's the thing that's kind of funny. And this is also carryover, I think, with the MVP and why so many players maybe are upset about a Giannis or a Jokic is so few of them actually think they are the best player. And look, I think Jokic this year had, a, I mean, a legitimate argument, you know, for being the best player in the world. And it still does. But I think what there's a moment where you have a moment in time where you can't have your cake and eat it too. And these all NBA teams totally like are that to a T. Julius Randle played more minutes than anybody else in the NBA. And he was very good. Was he one of the 10 best players in the world this year? No, but like he he actually tried. He actually played this year, and he played great, and he took it seriously. So he gets to be on the same team as LeBron James and on, on the All-NBA selection. And it's just funny. I, I wonder how many times we're going to have a guy like Kevin Durant, who could be the world's best player, not make an, an NBA team, All-NBA team going forward. I wonder if it's going to continue to happen. I kind of think it will. Anthony Davis, nowhere to be found. It, it will because like you only feel the gravity of this right now. I mean, we talk about the – you know, like during the season, you'd be like, come on, Kevin, like strap him on. Consider that the first team all NBA is in the ballots right yeah, now. And they're like, anymore. they're like, whatever, dude, I, whatever. It's like, it's February. Like I, wow. I'm not playing, you know, there's no chance. <laughs> and it, it's also going to be the other guys that have to get one of the all NBA teams to get the super max. Those are the other guys that will probably play in like as many games as possible. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it's funny that that keeps being like a thing for it really shouldn't be. I bet you fewer and fewer agents are going to allow, uh, you know, like the next CBA, they're gonna be like, we're not tying first team all NBA to super max contracts because my guy doesn't want to play and try for that during the regular season. He wants to take February off every single year, and the CBA is gonna go. Or and the the board of governors are going to okay. go. Okay, yeah, we allow, <laughs> we're going to allow it. We well, allow. It, the the second team also compared to the first team, the the second team feels like the total old guard, like the old guard of the league. Chris Paul, LeBron, oh. Damian so Lillard, so even so Lillard's a little whatever. Yeah, Joel Embiid kind of not there yet, but with LeBron and Chris Paul, they're, they're definitely just the old guard of the league. And then the first team, I mean. All of these guys on this list, I mean, Curry's over 30. What's Kawhi, 30? Um, yeah, but, I think. But, but Yoke, Doncic, Giannis, yeah. three really young guys Next who, generation. you know, are still just on the upward trajectory portion of their career. And I mean, in this group, you've got the best shooter of all time. Uh, you've got, in my opinion, somebody who could go down as the best passer of all time in Nikola Jokic, maybe arguably the best wing defender of all time, Kawhi Leonard. It's like, this is a special, special group of superstars in this league right now. Special. Luca getting this at this age is pretty wild, man. First team all NBA is it's pretty wild. Um, yeah. No James Harden either. <laughs> kind of funny. No KD, no James Harden on the first team all NBA, but they are up three games to two and ready to head to the Eastern Conference final. So Jokes on us, everybody. Jokes on us. Uh, <laughs> lastly, before we get out of here, Dayon Jokic's coach um, from uh, Mega back in the, back in the day. One of his first big, you know, professional coaches when he was not at the top level, but the next to top level when he was in that Adriatic League. Dayon, he's the Serbian Charles Barkley. He is um, somebody Jokic credits a lot with his development. We heard. Jokic went before the bubble. He went to Dayon's last game coach, like a celebration, like a big event to celebrate him. It was the last game, I believe. And Jokic, that's why he flew out there. Now he ended up getting COVID. So what a bummer, but that's how important it was that he wanted to be there for that. That's how important he was. I really was hoping that he would find a spot in Denver's uh, coaching staff. I just, it just felt like the right thing. I can't imagine it would have been too disruptive. He ends up with the golden state warriors. What do you make of that Harrison? It's interesting because I'm with you. I thought, you know, maybe there would be a chance he could find his way to Denver. And and another angle on the Nuggets offseason is they could lose a couple assistant coaches, which I wasn't really thinking about before. Um, Our our buddy Mike Singer reported that the Magic have interest in Wes Unseld. The Nuggets' top assistant, who used to be an assistant in Orlando. And he seems like the type of coach the Magic would get, just like a young developmental coach. David Adelman. He knows our like he knows some of the young pieces there. David Adelman, another top assistant with the Nuggets, also used to be an assistant with the Magic. So like Denver could lose a couple assistants uh, this offseason. And and yeah, he would have Dayon just seems like he would have been a perfect fit. You ready for uh, a super hot take, Eric? I think Denver could use a shakeup in their in their assistant coaching staff. And this is nothing against Wes Unsell, against Adelman. They shake up every year. They lose coaches every year. They've they've had these guys for the last couple. They've had a pretty uh, solid group. But they lose guys every single Uh, year. You're thinking of Finch. Dude, you're thinking of Finch was the last one. Before Finch, it was Fleming. 
and then after that it was Finch. But since then, it's been basically the same group. And I just wonder if there is like a sort of new perspective, new ideas that comes. I mean, nobody look Michael Malone. I, I think you know pretty unassailable in what he brings in terms of leadership and this or that. But I do think just new eyes and a new set of like, why don't we try this? And in particular with Michael Porter, look, I'm tough on Michael Porter as a player and think that there's things that he needs to do to take control of his own destiny. But I also think that he does change the way Denver should play. And maybe to change, you need to have like new influences in. That's just kind of my thought. Yeah. But day on going to Golden State, that's got to be about James Wiseman right? That's got to be the Warriors thinking, okay, we've, we spent a top pick on this big man. He was okay. His rookie year. Like we've got to make sure this guy develops or else, you know, we just wasted a pick there. I got to think that's mostly what it is. Foreign coaches have as hard, if not harder time than foreign players assimilating into the NBA because they get to be dictators and superstars and this or that. And I think one of the things that'll be really interesting and you think about Messina and Tori Messina, who was like a superstar in Europe. And then he comes here and he becomes an assistant. Everybody thought, Oh, he's next up. And then he went back to Europe. It was just like, yeah, it actually wasn't his path. And I wonder with day on what his goal is. Does he want to be a head coach in the NBA? Does he want to be a development guy? And if he is, how does Wiseman respond to a guy who's a rookie coach coming from a foreign country to coach him up? Like, that's just, those are, that's a lot of variables. So maybe Harrison, um, yeah. but Eric, Dayon is Jokic's guy. Do you feel like a little bit of a missed opportunity? I mean, we don't really know, but do you feel like a little bum that he's not coming to Denver? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's interesting because maybe it's, <laughs> When you just don't you don't know how these things work with how these dynamics are like maybe Jokic has grown well past what the For influence sure. of Dayon was and it would actually be detrimental in a way like <clears throat> to sort of like I, I don't know like I mean I like the idea I certainly like the idea I mean I there's there, like I my outrage meter is pretty like my, my outrage tank is pretty low right now. I don't have a lot of uh, like being broken down and beaten up by the NBA and the Denver Nuggets. Like I, I don't know if I can generate any more outrage, but um, I mean, I, who knows? We'll, we'll see what it is. You're right though. Like every time we talk about, you know, really successful foreign coaches coming over, I just think of like David Blatt. <laughs> yeah. to teach to, you know, like a, a big Kikoshka. guy. Yeah, the guy in Europe, and then like <clears throat> the Cavs just didn't listen to him at all. Like absolutely clowned him. Like yeah, it was yeah. terrible. Um, that being said, like you know, obviously Jokic wouldn't do that to his guy, but um, yeah, I don't know. Interesting dynamic. It, it is. It is a little bit of a bummer. I'm sure that having, you know, like another just different perspective with a player like Nikola Jokic would only add to that like so, so uh, yeah michael porter he's just such a unique talent i just feel like there's maybe a new denver yeah. denver has kind of been the same team for a long time and i just wonder if there's a new like hey why don't we mix it up uh, george carl's funny he said on that keeping it 1000 podcast he'd throw out the playbook every year he wanted to write a new playbook for each season and think about it new and i just i'm sure michael malone does similar things but I wonder if there's a b- bigger departure to be had and what a year to do that when Murray's out for so long, that's like, Hey, we actually can insert some like new DNA in, into us. And, and when he gets back, we mix that and it, it works. I don't know. 
the frustrating thing about this is just the the what if that we're going to live with our entire lives is like do, do the Denver Nuggets need to be shaken up right now like I don't know like did they have what they needed they just literally just lost the guys that were able to get it done yeah no like <laughs> it certainly felt like it you know like we're in this weird place now where it's like we just are left with this taste of bitter failure. So it feels like, oh man, we got to change things. But you know that maybe the change is just as simple. And and you're right, like Murray's not going to be there for most of the season. But maybe you, do you really want to change up the team so much that when he comes back, he doesn't recognize it? And then, right? I, well, Jokic do is the easiest thing though. It's too much. True. Pick and roll. It's like you can it's have so any true. offense that also has the pick and roll in it. It's like, hey, perfect. We ran the triangle. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, you could do goal. anything. You could do anything different during the season, and then in the playoffs, it's just somehow going to get back to Murray Jokic pick and roll. <laughs> like, <laughs> you could never run a Murray Jokic pick and roll during the regular season, but in the clutch in the playoffs, you know exactly <laughs> so what you're going to do. So true. It is funny though to think about. Like we're sitting here lamenting Dayon, and I know in the off season I really wanted Bogdanovich. Which look, I mean, he's awesome, and even be elite uh, this or that it's kind of funny because we are doing the thing where we assume like if you were eric a superstar uh basketball player playing right now in latvia yeah i know they were like you know who we got another american eric's high school coach and uh <laughs> like, I hate from that guy. orlando he's never met that's probably the same guy and then also this guy from montana and it's just like i don't know it's two americans i don't know maybe you like them maybe they're just two guys you don't actually like at all Dude, it's like when you go to a party with your girlfriend she's like oh um there her my friend's boyfriend is here maybe you could talk to him you're like i fucking talk to that guy like <laughs> some dude <laughs> like, the, worst, the worst is the like he's really into the nba too like all right i'll give us a shot like, this guy's yeah, this guy's terrible you're like jesus christ i actually hate this guy <laughs> i'd rather talk to any other person on earth than this guy there's uh, not, like that is hilarious. literally the worst thing is when somebody assumes that you're gonna be friends hey you should hang out with this person you'd be such great friends and then you're, you're just like hey uh man uh <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, bro? Oh, um, how about the Nuggets? Oh man, you know who I love? You know who I love? Marcus Camby. Like that's my guy. Or uh, just what? I'm a big JJ Hickson fan. Always been. Oh, like just nothing but terrible. They should have never got rid of Moody. Eh? They gave up. <laughs> yeah. How am I going to do this? Oh, I found myself at a get together over the weekend to talk about the Avalanche, and like, um, a guy was like, "Yeah, they got to fire that Bednar." I mean. That's yeah. you know they got all these great players. I mean, it's got to be the coach. I'm like, oh my, my god, yeah. <laughs> I'm stuck so, in a room with this guy. So I actually have a I have a Bosnian friend, and he does not like Nikola Jokic, and he loves Yusuf Nurkic. Of course, but just because of the the Bosnian why is that? Interview. Oh right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been friends with this kid for you know like five six years, and. Every season, he's like, no, nah, Nurkic is better than Jokic. Trust me, Nurkic is better than Jokic. And I'm oh just like, God. no, dude, he's not. Like, he's just not. <laughs> and this year, he finally relented. He oh, finally man. said Jokic was better this year. Oh, my God. It took well, an MVP. Well, took Unbelievable. An MVP. There you go. Uh, Nurkic was, like, in the top 100 of MVP voting, though. So, <laughs> just He just didn't re- happen to receive a vote. 
<laughs> did not. All right, that wraps it up for today, guys. Lots of topics today, but um, we will be back again all week with brand new episodes, as always. And then, like I said, tomorrow live with Alex English and George Carl. Very excited for that. Um, you want to keep your ear to the ground, see all the different things. We're actually meeting tomorrow to come up with some plans for uh, how we're gonna how we're gonna enter ourselves back into the wild, <laughs> the oh wilderness god. that is the off season. Um, oh but, my god! Well, we'll cook up something something fun for you. Um, thanks, everybody. Have a great one. Yeah, before we get out of here, guys, got to tell you about the Colorado Exos. Colorado Exos. Uh, they finished up their season five and five. Really good, uh, really great start for this uh, brand new team playing against professionals. Um, if you haven't heard about the Colorado Exos, they are Rugby Town USA's newest rugby team. They're athletes who have competed at the highest levels of their respective sports. So if you yourself are an elite athlete and are interested in playing some rugby, trying out for the Colorado Exos, contact the director of recruitment, Peter Pasque, his email. P P P as in Paul, P as in Paul, A S Q U E at Glendale.com or sorry at Glendale.us. P as in Paul, P as in Paul, A S Q U E at Glendale.co.us. I wonder if if you want to play some rugby. uh, A shooter that knocks routinely knocks down game winners in the Broomfield Rec League. I wonder if I could be. Wow. Wow! Talk about talk talk about a true crossover. Are oh, you wow. are you an elite athlete that's competed at the highest Hello. level of your respective sport? You tell me, Harrison. Well, it, it, so long as your so long as your respective sport is literally just playing at a rec league, you have yeah. played at the highest. I was level. like the third youngest one on the court too. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs>